podcast, we have Amy, the founder of Girl Gang The Label. Amy started Girl Gang The Label as a way to build a platform and a community for females and especially female creatives to connect and build a community around just female entrepreneurs and just really supporting your local girl gang and building each other up. She talks about her mental health, dealing with anxiety and depression, and she also emphasizes the importance for female creatives to support and uplift each other. We also dive into how to use your mental health as a tool to achieve your goals and whether that be through meditation or hypnotherapy and really allowing, especially the beginning of the year, the universe to guide you and, and help you manifest your dreams, even if it doesn't look like the way you expect it to be, which is really interesting, especially if you're an entrepreneur or a freelancer or creative and you don't work a traditional nine to five, you'll really enjoy this episode because I think we have like a whole different set of of challenges that come with it, but it can also be such a, a beautiful thing. You can check out Girl Gang the Label at Girl Gang the Label on Instagram. Amy, thank you so much for coming on. We love to support fellow female podcasters. One thing that I've loved, I actually, I think we connected last year, I realized, like over oh, DM. Yeah, That's I just cool. realized. One thing that is like really hard, I think, especially when you're an entrepreneur and and you're working for yourself or even when you're working for a certain industry is to find other women to kind of support you and build a community. Did you, like, I know your early days, you worked for quite a few big companies in your own Etsy shop, but did you kind of feel isolated from a community of, of women, especially in your early twenties? I was fortunate that my group of friends from my freshman year of college, we all connected on this need and want to hustle. So at that time, I mean, over a decade ago, entrepreneurship, small business owner, these weren't like sexy sought after turns. It was like, you're not going to get paid a lot. It's going to be a lot of work. But we all loved learning about startup stories and exchanging business books. And so really the want and need of creating Girl Gang was out of kind of amplifying this community and seeing how valuable it was to have someone to, you know, ask advice from that has this same kind of desire as mine and not feel that judgment. So it started with like my small little girl gang. And when I was working at a startup and needed a support system and we could be there for each other, I kind of wanted to create that feeling and just make it larger for myself and my community and then just kind of grow for other people that might not have it. So especially I think your vibe attracts your tribe. So maybe people that have a standard nine to five, there's nothing wrong with that. But what if someone in that group wants to start their own business and you don't feel like you can relate to anyone or, you know, you're reading books and listening to podcasts and those things are so great right now. But back then, you know, we really didn't have that. And so there's so many ways people can connect nowadays. And now with us, like staying at home and like podcasts like yours and ours, I think that there's a lot of different ways you can form community and create your own girl gang or even connecting with people on Instagram, like DMing you when I came across you and I was like, oh, what you're doing is so cool. Would love to learn more about your story. So there's lots of ways. It's just kind of finding those connections and then building upon that. And it's okay to also outgrow certain ones or recategorize them. So I'm a huge advocate of that and just community and being able to be authentic with others that do the same things as you is really, really important. That's cool. 
We talk a lot about mental health on our podcast, obviously, obviously. <laughs> and we talk about ways to overcome challenges and like always ask our guests, what is it that you do when you are feeling anxious or like down or depressed? What, what are the things that you like, you know, do to like uh, take care of your mental health? Is it therapy? Is it meditation? Is it something else? And to add to that, one really interesting thing, a lot of small business owners or freelancers or the non-traditional nine to five corporate world Individuals, when I switched over from corporate to the kind of freelance yeah. creative space, I had a really hard time with my mental health in the sense of feeling motivated and like you are your boss. No one's going to create your dream for you. You have to create it yourself. Yeah, create yourself yeah. And so I, I know you've been obviously on your own for quite some time. So what are some great tools that you use to strengthen your mental health to be able to produce and, and create. Yeah, I would I would also add because um, I actually I was diagnosed with anxiety and ADD when I was in middle school and it wasn't talked a lot about back then. And I definitely looked at it as like a setback. And then through learning people's stories and entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and business owners I look up to, there is a correlation. One doesn't have to come with the other, but there is a lot of people that find strength in these setbacks and figuring out what works for them. And so, yeah, it's definitely been a lot of trial and error for me. And as I grow and my interests change, there's different things that serve me. Right now, I would definitely say meditation, working through uncomfortable fears and emotions right now, taking advantage of this alone time and that there's not a lot of distractions, trying really hard not to like add distractions onto my life. I feel like that's easy to kind of escape the feelings that are going on and where they're coming from. And so I would say those are my two biggest tools right now. I used Headspace for a long time, and then they actually came out with a Netflix series in the beginning of the year that kind of goes through a beginner guide to meditation. I've really liked that. I studied abroad in Japan for a bit and did meditation classes in the like traditional temples, but it was always so hard, especially being ADD. They'd be like, now think about nothing. And it's so intimidating. And you're like 20. Mm -hmm. It's like, what's meditation? So I never was able to meditate in those types of situations. And so using things like headspace and kind of taking that beginner outlook, I feel like I've been able to find those moments of Zen. And so, yeah, those taking alone time and then even just like walking, honestly, it sounds so simple, but like, that's really interesting. Uh, sometimes when I'm anxious, I just walk a lot and I do everything like standing or like walking around the house because I think, I don't know if it has to do with the circulation, but like something, I don't know, with, with my body helps me like calm my, my mind. I can, I think we both can relate on having anxiety when we were really young and yeah. depression. When did you start? Did you ever go to therapy? Yeah, I did it in high school and college a little bit after. Um, And then I did, I used a family friend who was a clinical hypnosis for a bit, which was really cool to kind of overcome those like deep, deep rooted fears. And then even- How does that work? I I did that. Did you do EMDR? Um, I don't know if I did EMDR. It was, uh, it's, I did the one it's, he does basically like 20 minutes of a, like more of like a therapy session. And then he'll attempt to put you in a hypnosis state and then it'll Mm -hmm. last like 10 to 30 minutes and then you'll come out of it. And it doesn't work every time. Sometimes it won't work at all, like ever for you. It kind of depends, but mine was overcoming certain fears, like scared of things like driving, those kinds of things where anxiety can really get, get in the way of your everyday life. So he would work on more like those deep rooted issues with me. But this was, I did this probably, yeah, about like nine or 10 years ago. And then that was like after therapy dipped in it a bit. I don't go to therapy now, uh, very open to doing it again. Um, I I find it's like one of the most helpful things is just like talking through and that natural rewiring. 
Yeah, same. I feel like I've I've been to like four different therapists now, and I have two of of them really did help me at different stages of my life. And sometimes it's okay to take a break. I needed a five year break, I think, in between you know each therapist, and I and you you'll know when you need it again. I feel like. We always know. So for someone who is trying to get into meditation and they have ADD, a lot of us do. We, I mean, we're constantly being distracted by so many things. What is your, as someone who has ADD, what's the best kind of way to ease into it? Yeah, I would say definitely taking a beginner outlook and being really gracious with yourself because it's also quite difficult sometimes to really get into that space of nothingness. And so I feel like once I got rid of that expectation and just really looked at it as a tool to kind of calm my heart rate a little bit, you know, ease my nerves, I'm able to find those little glimpses of it. And then also, I remember last year before the pandemic, I was like, I'm going to meditate for 30 minutes every day and write down 10 things I'm grateful for. And all these things would be amazing on paper, but it's like, I went zero to a hundred and kind of Uh, instead of taking the time to do those self-care and utilize the tools, it was more like self-destructive and it was unrealistic goals to just go into. So I think starting off with more manageable goals, you know, maybe it's like three minutes a day or maybe it's once Mm -hmm. a week and work on building the habit rather than trying to kind of like fast forward to the destination. And I'm saying this from a place of like, I still work on it often. So for me, it's like, I just want it to be a journey. I want these things to be deep rooted in me and a habit can't change overnight. So especially in like panic attacks or manic episodes, you might be like, okay, I'm just going to change all my habits. I don't want to feel like this ever again. Tomorrow is the first day I'm going to do all the things right that everyone says it's good. So um, I think that can be overwhelming, especially never doing meditation before and attempting like a 30 minute or an hour you're not really going to be encouraged to do it. I think if you don't hit that meditative state again, because it feels more like work rather than a self-care tool. So just be easy on yourself, set realistic goals, be kind. This is all meant to help you. That would be my advice for trying to keep things more built into your habit and your daily life. When I was younger, I used to pressure myself, giving myself such strict and difficult goals for like my everyday life. And it was so not realistic and I don't ever do that again, but I feel like that created even more anxiety and it's really interesting that you brought that up because I used to live in such a box thinking that I have to get it done by this time or that year or that month I think when I turned 28 it's when I really stopped thinking that way because I was always so fearful of like, like if you, you didn't know, make I literally just had some things by a certain age. age it's like you failed and I think the pandemic where did we get that from family is it I something think that familial like, pressure I think the media had a lot to yeah. do with it especially like our generation when I was in high school and college it was like you have to be that girl boss and that if you weren't a millionaire by the time you were 30 you were a failure because we were seeing all these like crazy startup success stories but also you had to have a six-pack and also Uh had to like look a certain way and you had to do all these things it was like a combination I think of societal media and I think this next generation is kind of dismantling that a little bit and especially last year and obviously going into this year, it's been hard for me. I mean, I know a lot of people to set goals and to actually, and I just spoke about it on I Suck at Life, how you have to have your, your goals need to be fluid, your manifestations and, and your vision board, what you create, like you might want it to happen this year, 
but it might actually be in your best interest for it to happen. Let it unfold and yeah. let the, and trust the process. And it might be in five years or 10 years yeah. that what you want actually it's happens. It's so good to like create these mood boards. But exactly. It's like but for, it's like, but you don't happen in that year. Exactly. Like, and having that, that idea of, oh, I put it on my mood board. I wrote it down yeah. on my goal sheet that it has to happen this year the way I want it. And as we have seen, in 2020 and now going to 21, everything can be ripped under the rug from you. And, you know, you just have to be detached from all of these external attachments, such as like certain goals or material possessions or, or projects or ideas, or ideas should, should be. go because they always go, I think, better than we know. We yeah. Or we when thought, we, when you, know? you, when you release instead of try to control, I think that's when the magic yeah. happens. Yeah. And I think 2020 really showed me that at least that when I began to release and surrender and not try to control everything, uh, because I was so used to kind of strategically, building things out the magic happens and I new opportunities came about that I wouldn't have even thought of so have you struggled with that at all this year or last uh, over the past year definitely and um, one of my mantras later in life that I adopted is what you don't do determines what you can do Um, so especially starting my first Mm -hmm. business I was just so grateful for any opportunity Um, I started it with a hundred dollar Etsy gift card my husband gave me it was self-funded any order someone wanted, any press, anything they needed. If like, I was just like the, the season of yes. And I think it definitely worked for that chapter, but it was interesting to see the shift on how it can really be. You can burn yourself out that way. And so adopting that later in life, what you don't do determines what you can do. It was a little interesting and a challenge to work through that in 2020, because really any opportunity that came up, it'd be like, I would want to go with that wholeheartedly. Um, but it was just really forcing that alone time. And, um, I mean, working through the disruptions and I don't know, it was very challenging. I would say it still is. And I think the same to touch on what you ladies were talking about before, I think you're aligned with the same uh, mentality I am, which is more actionable manifestations. Um, so mm-hmm. in my younger years, it would be like, let's write this down. It's going to happen. And yeah. I'm going to control everything about it. It's going to happen this way at this time frame, and have all these things together. You know, it's all going to be good. So I think now it's more about like, what are my goals? I don't want to have an, any limiting beliefs, but also be open to circumstances that are going to get in your way. Um, be open to it might not work out exactly how you want it. Be open to that your goals might shift. You know, you might not even want that anymore. Um, so I think just constantly checking in with yourself um, and finding that balance between dreaming big, wanting a big life, wanting to be the main character of your own story, but also giving yourself grace that things happen. You can't do it all at once. I mean, that really shined through last year. At the beginning of the pandemic, I really wanted to do all these things where I was like, you know, X, Y, and Z I wanted to do, but I've never had the time. I have the time now. Let's do all of them. It's like that, that just ran me to the ground that first part. Um, and so now through this last leg of it and beyond, it's just about checking in with yourself. What can you handle leaving space for larger opportunities? You might not even know you want yet. And yeah. at the end of the day, just being kind to yourself and surrounding yourself with people that you want to lift up and they can lift you up and, you know, just kind of go through the lows. It can't just be all great all the time. I love your mantra because sometimes when we, and I had to learn that as well, where I was saying yes to everything and it didn't you know, leave that, that room phase, I feel like. for like the actual like big things that would come along. 
that we didn't even have time or we couldn't even notice to say yes to. And if you give that little bit of space in there in your life to be able to accept new opportunities or, or find new opportunities, sometimes you need that silence like you were talking about to see those new opportunities or to find those like white spaces. And if you're saying yes to too many things, you, you can't do that. I want to co-create my life with the universe. Like let's leave a little bit open to like, what does it have in store for us instead of being just creating noise constantly? What's a big a dream or goal that you have, or you want to achieve like for your company in the next few years or something that you've been working on really hard. That's really important to you? There's been a couple of those like monumental moments since starting Girl Gang the last few years and just trying to leave space again for those larger ones. I would say, I mean, what I really want to do with every collection we do, we do charity partnerships. Um, And so Mm -hmm. I really want to create space to do instead of offering funds or resources to, I don't know, kind of more like blanket generic categories, um, just working on a smaller scale, like maybe doing like a $500 scholarship for a student to learn how to do computer science, things like that. So I would say my, my goals for like the next five years, 10 years are to be like more micro focused on purpose and how to make like a larger impact on a smaller group of people rather than kind of just like fill into the noise. Um, it, it like feels good. And so I would say that That I really want to hone in on, just be more clear on my why. And then uh, right now what I'm doing um, is I I can't, I'm trying to figure out how to say, I can't talk uh, about what the category is, but I did get a book deal last year. I've never written a book. I don't have any. I was just going to ask you about, it's so funny. I was just thinking about, is she writing a book? I don't know why randomly I thought about it. I think I saw in your bio, didn't you write one last year? Um, So I got a deal last year. We can start promoting it like in two months. um, And then I can like say the title and everything. I'm allowed to talk about it. Amazing. But even though the deal is happening and it's written, it's still getting to that finish line. Right. It's a huge process. Oh, yeah. And oh, so the book last year, my husband's here. He just reminded me. Uh, He's like, hey, he's like your cheerleader. He's like, hey, you forgot. (laughs) Yeah, shout out. Um, uh, We did actually talk about ADD. We did actually do a vegan cookbook. Okay, that's maybe what I was thinking about. Okay. Our co-founder, his name's Mina Masood. He played Aladdin in the Disney live action. Yes, he's Egyptian. I'm Egyptian too. Like I, I, we have to connect because we're both. I think Coptic and like apparently I've heard oh, that he is too. Yeah. Oh. I've heard that like we have like a third cousin in common. <laughs> no way. Really? Yeah. It's so really funny. weird. Okay. Sorry. So we- I have to meet him. Is he in LA? Or- He's British, right? Isn't he British? No. Yeah, he was born in Egypt and then raised yeah. in Canada, oh, okay. in California now. But um, yeah, he or his uh, mom made us koshery. I think it's koshery. Yes, oh, it's yeah. the it's the lentils with the rice and the pasta and the red sauce and the fried onion. <laughs> yeah, that recipe is in the book. We'll need to send you guys some books. But yeah, so we did a. It was really interesting. As it's soon so as that funny. book was released last year. Then I got, it was from like a completely different source, but, and it's a business book. It's mainly like me yeah. sh- sharing stories of other people's businesses, um, just from like a curious uh, mind or from a curious point of view. But so it was like released one book and then got this opportunity, but yeah, no writing experience definitely was one of those like 
pipe dream is the wrong word. I always wanted to, I always wanted to look at it as like realistic and approachable. Um, but I mean, even though I'm in it and in the final hour, it's like, that's still on the thing of like, still got to finish it. Still got to like, get it out there. That's a huge thing though. That's amazing. I know. I, I've kind of gone through the process once and I got rejected. It was years ago before I even had any writing experience. And I don't come from a I never went to journalism school either. And I just kind of started putting myself out there with writing. So I totally get it. It feels weird. Sometimes you get imposter syndrome. Yeah. Because you're like, wait, all my like cohorts, you know, went to journalism school, have their masters, not everyone, but a lot of them have come from a writing background. And I would just like decided one day I'm going to be a writer. And some people look at you like an outcast. But I think I think having that different outside perspective actually brings spice and life to the writing. Like some of the greatest directors didn't go to film school and yeah. they just have a special and so you like such a unique vision that that's what they need. And I feel yeah. like you don't really learn that. With the cookbook, is it all Egyptian or is it a mix of? It's all a mix. It's actually super. Yeah. I'm so happy we got to do this before everything happened because it's actually a, it's like part travel, part cookbook. And so we went to 10 different cities across North America 50 restaurants. They gave us adaptions of their own recipes. We, yeah, we got to bring on some friends with us. You, so we have these like photographs from these incredible restaurants and recipes. So you can be like at home making a vegan recipe from a restaurant in Toronto or New York or San Francisco. And so it was really a part of bringing to life like Nina is, he's been plant-based for a long time. He's super well-spoken about it and very curious. And he's, it's really fun to like, look through his eyes, the ingredients he knows and all that. It's really fun. And then we also did, while we were on the book tour, we did a little IGTV series and he sits down with some of the chefs and interviews them. So that's on our Instagram, the evolving vegan Instagram. So yeah, it was fun. We just did it. And then we pitched the book after. So we didn't have a book deal again. It was all self-funded. Crashing on friends' couches, getting friends to do it with us, um, going to cities where like sometimes it'd be like, well, we know someone there we can stay with. And then we put together that whole book proposal and pitched it after. And then it got, luckily we got a deal with Simon & Schuster and then they ended up releasing it. It was September last year. So it was about a two-year process for the cookbook. I love it. Well, if you ever need more vegan, did you try Tamea or falafel? The Egyptian versions? I don't think so. Or mahshi. Oh, no, falafel I did. Falafel I did. I don't okay. think – what was the first one you said? Well, it's called Tame. It's Egyptian for falafel. I just didn't know if – I'm sure you've tried so much, but I know so many vegan – I feel like a, middle, a lot of Egyptian food is vegan yeah, and at its yeah. core, and then, like, you can add meat if you want. But, yeah. yeah. That's mm-hmm. what he said was um, – uh, easier transition for him to really commit to being plant-based was it's just a lot of it is so naturally vegan and it just like feels really good and also caring about the ingredients and yeah um, I don't know it was yeah so that was a really cool project to watch come to life that was a perfect example of not saying yes to certain opportunities that might have been a short-term game and then my husband and we own a umbrella company called pretty cool stuff inc and run for e-commerce brands underneath it. And so just some things didn't feel right, different opportunities. So we just kind of let that, let the white space open up for what would come. And then our friend Mina wanted to create this, a vegan brand. And we were able to brainstorm with him and had the time to do it. But if we just filled our lives with a bunch of short-term noise, we would have never had the 
the time to band or the bandwidth. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so it was really through that. Um, I mean, I, I strive to create moments of true boredom because I feel like that's when you can be the most creative <laughs> and figure out like, what do I want to do next? Let's not have all that's this. So true. When you have that space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You never know what'll come. So we were just like, screw it. Let's do it. Let's go on this like vegan cookbook tour and see if anyone will buy it. And this was before the movie came out. So yeah, it was, that was really cool. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, I can't wait to read the cookbook and of course your book that comes out this year. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely send me, I, there's so much more vegan food I want to try. So definitely send me. Okay. Are you in LA? We're in San Diego now. We were oh, in LA. Cool. We just moved here during the pandemic last year. We're going to stay for a couple months and now we've been here since last summer. So, so many people are moving out of LA. Yeah. It's well, like also coming to LA from New York. So that's true. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's like a, people are coming from New York yeah. and leaving LA. Yeah. We want to get back there eventually. We met here. He went to college here. We have like oh, we nice. next to a park in the Bay. So it's just like more outdoor and simple life and yeah, we do nice. everything remote. So it's a temporary thing, but it was going to be like one or two months. And now we're like, I don't TBD. I don't know. San Diego is <laughs> a great place. It's yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so close if you need to get yeah. back up. So Amy, I have a last question for you that I we always ask to all our guests, and it is this. <laughs> when do you feel the most real? Oh my gosh. On it, I would say in the bathtub. That talk about meditation. <laughs> like a meditative That's Yola. <laughs> That's me. Oh my god. You know, I, don't really, I don't really take baths. It's so Do weird. you know Amy? We need to take a bath together. Okay, that sounds sexual. Okay. <laughs> no, maybe uh, next to each other. Next, that that, yeah, fun. next to each other. We'll wear bikinis, that, yeah. but I mean, but you don't know how many times Marta call FaceTimes me. Yeah, and I'm taking a bath. Yeah, I love that. It's it's like a great tool for self care. Are you a cancer? Sure. Yes, I am. Me too. Oh <laughs> we need to be in our water. When's yeah. your birthday? July second. Mine is the fifth. We're like really close. Okay. Okay. It that is, makes so I mean, much sense. I'm looking at like some more Epsom salt that got delivered. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh, duh. The thing I do every day to be like, who am I again? Okay. Yeah, I love it. So cool. I love it. I love that. Well, I get it. I mean, my boyfriend is July 19th. And so he isn't as emotional as I. And I am, I'm cancer, cancer, cancer. Like oh, wow. my rising and yeah. my son. So I'm... Yeah. So for me being in the water, and I don't know if this is similar for you, I like feel like one with the water and like my soul kind of leaves my body in the water. Yeah. It's it's like like I'm a mermaid. I don't know. I love that. See, for me, it's like just laying on the ground. I'm I'm Leo. I'm Leo. So I guess maybe it's more, has more to do with the earth. Earth. Yeah. So I don't, not so much water, but yeah. Oh yeah, they called my some of my family members would just call me fish when I was younger. Like I always wanted to be in a pool or the bathtub or the ocean. I'm just like it. Yeah, it is so refreshing. I'm trying to remember one of my best friends, KJ. She just did my whole birth chart. I think I'm like can cancer, and then I think one of them's Gemini in mine. Oh, I wish I could remember. My rising sign is Gemini. I don't know much about Gemini actually. Yeah, I think um, she just did this like a week ago. Um, But yeah, that's also a really cool tool, I think, especially now with just this quiet time and maybe when you can't meet up with people is just getting to know about yourself more. So astrology, there's a lot of things out there too. So many apps and tools and different websites and like to do research and to find out more about your sign and 
Yeah. And then utilizing just natural stuff that's out there. Um, yeah. Like CBD and just having those moments with yourself, I think is one of the most productive things to do right now. And then, yeah, leaning into what works for you. Like, I mean, I used to take a bath, you know, maybe once a week, which for some people they might be like, treat yourself. But for me, that was not my best life. Now it's like everyday ritual, Epsom salts, lavender, CBD, phone in the other room, Zen music on. I let one of my dogs come in there and just hang with me, do a little bubble. Oh. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it's really healing for the soul, Marta. You should try. I have, I have a nice one. In the I know she has my, such a big tub. I like I, I need to do it. I just, I'm, yeah, I'm a shower kind of person. But yeah, <laughs> I, I will, I will try. Well, Amy, looking forward to bathing with you someday. <laughs> it's reading your new book. Yeah, it's gonna come out very soon. Where can people connect with you and find you? So I would go to at Girl Gang the label. That's the Instagram for our platform, Girl Gang. And you can find out about new podcast episodes. We have a merchandise line with our flagship saying, support your local Girl Gang. So you can buy t-shirts, sweatshirts. We do a lot of collaborations and team up with a lot of charities through there. And then my personal is at Mrs. Won't. Um, my name is Amy Wills. So just the opposite of that, Mrs. Won't. And feel free to connect with me on there. And anyone that has a story that wants to be told, female founder, someone that inspires you, please reach out to me. I mean, in this season of life, I just think the more transparent stories, the better. Let's all connect. So um, anyone listening, please DM me if you have a friend you're inspired by or want to share your own story. And I'd love to highlight you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Definitely. Thank you, ladies.